Second Kings this morning, chapter number 2. And I just want to break in the text in verse number 9 and just preach to you from my heart about a double portion. Our theme for this year is Hebrews 10.25, exhorting one another, not less of, but what? So much the more as we see the day approaching. And we're praying for more in 24. And not just more, but much more. And the last time we looked at the letter A and we preached on much more anointing. And I don't believe there's been a time when God's people needed a double dose of the anointing power of the Holy Spirit like we do in our hour. I want to preach today and Lord willing tonight on the letter B, much more blessing. I don't believe we've seen the hem of the garment of the blessings that God has in store if we will humbly seek and ask. And in this area of much more blessing, I, I feel like uh, Jacob, when he grabbed a hold of the Lord that night by the banks of the Peniel, he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And when the sun came up in the morning, Jacob had a touch from God that he never got over. Don't you believe God can give the church in 2024 an anointing, a blessing, a touch that we'll never get over? I feel like when it comes to a double portion, the prayer of Jabez, Lord, enlarge my coast. God, enlarge my coast. I'm satisfied with God's salvation plan, but I'm not satisfied with just not growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want God to enlarge my coast. I want to have more influence. I want to win more souls. I want to do more for God. Because I believe the eye hasn't seen and the ear hasn't heard the things that God hath prepared for them that love Him. But I'm glad the Holy Spirit can reveal them unto us. Anybody here today interested in God enlarging your coast? Getting a touch from God where your life is never the same. And Elijah worded it like this in our text, a double portion. Look what it said in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Say that with me. Let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Man of God, that anointing of God that is in your life, I want it. And I want a double portion of it. And Elijah said in verse number 10, and he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. 
by the way, something like that's going to happen again one day. And it's called the rapture of the church. And Elijah, the young preacher, saw it. And he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took a hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Verse 13, he took up also the mantle. That was simply the outer garment of Elijah, Elijah's coat. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah. Can I remind you that he had the mantle in his hand. But he wanted more than a mantle in his hand. He wanted the God of the mantle in his life. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I'm hung up right there. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elijah, Elijah went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elijah. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And Elijah found out that he could have the same God on him that Elijah had. Because he got the coat, he got the mantle, he received the blessing. He got what he looked for. He got what he sought for. He got what he asked for. He got what he knocked for. He got what he longed for. And I don't believe God is ever filled, anointed, empowered any believer until they ask and seek and knock and desperately cry out to the Lord. That our flesh is not enough and our mentality is not enough and our plans are not enough. We need the power and the anointing and the breath of the Holy Spirit of God upon our life. And not just a little, but a double portion. I'm like Elijah. I want a double portion. I'm like Jabez. Enlarge my coast. I'm like Jacob, pawing on the ground. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And I'm glad today that it is the birthright of every child of God, firstborn sons of God, through the birthing of the Holy Spirit, to claim your double portion of the blessings and the power and the favor of God upon your life. I'm only going to get to one point, but I want to walk this one slowly. But just let me tell you where we're going to get finally. We want to look at the path 
that he trod. What led him to the place where he got the double portion? I want you to see the prerequisite that he met. What did he have to do to receive the double portion? Then I want you to see the power that he received. Then I want you to see the prayer that he prayed. And then I want you to see the proof that is in the pudding. He got what he asked for. Now I want you to see the steps of this young man. The path that he trod. What led him to the place where he got and received a double portion. And let me just say this. God has never touched, anointed, empowered any believer that did not walk these same steps. Now, how many believe in the Bible there are no accidents? How many believe that everything in the Bible has a significant meaning? Not only the names of people in the Bible mean something, but the name of places in the Bible means something. For instance, when Jacob woke up and he called it Peniel, I have seen the face of God. They named it Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee when God turned the bitter waters into sweet. It is no accident that the bread of life was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. No wonder he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, which means praise and honor belongeth unto God. Well, I want you to notice the four places that Elijah's feet trod. I want you to see the four little cities that he visited. And when you see the meaning of these names, it shows you the path to the Spirit-filled life. Some places you and I must get to if we're going to have a double portion of the blessings of heaven upon our life. I'll not read all of these verses, but I'm going to give you the number and give you the word and let you circle it. And then we're going to go back and we'll look at it. Look in chapter number 2 and verse number 1. There's a little city called Gilgal. Circle Gilgal in the text. Come down to verse number 2 and there's a little city called Bethel. Circle the little word Bethel there in the text. Come down to verse number 4 and there's a city called Jericho, circle the little town of Jericho, and then come down to verse number six, and you'll circle the little word Jordan. So you have four specific places that are mentioned. And if you just read through that, it doesn't seem to matter. But when you study the meaning of these words, and not just the meaning of the words, but how they're located from step one to step two to step three to step four. There is an awesome spiritual lessons to the path, to the road of the spirit-filled life. Some places in your life you can't bypass if you're going to have a double portion. Some places in your life you must go with God if you're going to receive the blessing and the breath and the power of God upon your life. 
and let me get uh, Brother Shane to help me and and Dustin, uh, you you uh, Justin, you help me and uh, Dustin, you help me and uh, we need a fat guy. Daniel, you come and help me. Just kidding, buddy. You fellas get up here. And we're going to name these four men these little cities. You have Gilgal. Raise your hand, Brother Gilgal. And then you have Bethel. Brother Shane's Bethel. We'll let him be Bethel. And then you have Jericho. A place that's under the judgment of God. Jericho. The place where Rahab the hollered held out that scarlet thread and that shirt is as scarlet as we can get. And then we've got Brother Jordan. Jordan is where he received the blessing. Jordan is where he got the mantle. Jordan is where God gave that young man what he asked for. A double portion of power and authority and blessings. But he did not start in Jericho. He did not start in Jordan. There were steps that Elijah had to walk with the man of God to get from point one to point four. To get from where he was to where he got his blessings, there were some places in his life that he had to go. And I want you to take a few minutes and walk with me on the path to the Spirit-filled life. Where in your life must you let God take you if you're going to have the blessing and the double portion of the power of God upon your life? Well, the first place mentioned where Elijah had to go, before he could go anywhere else, he had to go to a place called Gilgal. Now, what in the world is so significant about the little village of Gilgal? It's not mentioned but three or four times in the Bible. What is the significance of it? Well, does anybody remember down in the land of Egypt that for 400 plus years, God's people were in bondage? They were in slavery. They were in bondage. But one day they began to get sick of it. And they began to cry unto the Lord. And God heard their cry. And he saw their affliction. And he knew their sorrows. And he sent a deliverer. He sent an emancipator by the name of Moses. And Moses and the king of Egypt go to war. And they have the plagues and they have all of the miracles. And finally one day God says, here is the ticket that will break the bondage of sin. Here is the ticket that will get you out of the brick pits of Egypt. I want you to get a spotless lamb. And I want you to kill that lamb. And I want you to take the blood of that lamb and put the blood of that lamb on the top and the sides on the door of the houses where you live. And when that blood is applied, when the clock strikes midnight, I'm going to pass through the land of Egypt. 
And I'm going to have the grim reaper with me. I'm going to have the death angel with me. But when I get to that house where the sacrificial slain blood of a lamb, I'm going somewhere, has been applied, I will pass over you. He didn't say when I see the little lamb tied up in the front yard. He didn't say, when I see the the body of the lamb laid out on the sidewalk. He said, no. When I see the blood of the lamb, I will pass over your house. Judgment will not fall on that house because it is sheltered by the blood. That's why it's called the Passover. When they saw the blood, the judgment passed over them. I want to just throw this in. One day this world is going to reel and rock its way under the judgment of God to a devil's burning hell. But I will not feel the fire. I will not feel the flame. I will not go to that awful place because the blood of Jesus has been applied to my heart not church membership, not water baptism, but blood wash salvation through the blood of the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. And so that night they walked out of bondage under the power of the blood. God delivers them at the Red Sea by a mighty miracle. And when they leave that blood-bought redemption, and they get that mighty deliverance at the Red Sea, the first place they come to is Gilgal. And do you remember what they did at Gilgal? They set up 12 stones. Stones of remembrance. Stones of celebration. Stones to remind them. The only reason why we're not going to die in the brick pits of Egypt is because the lamb's blood was shed and we got redeemed by the blood. I want to say God has never given anybody the double portion of power and blessing and authority that ever bypassed blood-bought redemption Through the Lamb of God. Can I say church membership won't get you here. Water baptism won't get you here. Good works won't get you here. Keeping the law, which you can't do, won't get you here. Money, fame, and fortune will not get you to this place where you can receive the double portion that God has for you. But oh, way over here, first base, you must go to the cross. You must go to Calvary. You must be washed in the blood. May we make a big deal today out of the cross and the blood and the gospel. For it is our Gilgal. It is our promise. It is our pathway. It is our portion. Ladies and gentlemen, before anybody can have the breath and the touch and the anointing of God upon their life, they must go to the cross, claim Christ as their Savior, and be washed in the blood of the Lamb of God. 
And every time they go by Gilgal, it reminds them we're the blood-redeemed children of God. You know why we have on that communion, communion table this do in remembrance of me? It's more than to have an artistic work on that beautiful communion table. But every time we put the bread and the juice on that table and celebrate the Lord's, what we call the Lord's Supper, we are reminding ourselves and reminding one another that our works and our money and our pride and prestige is not enough, but it points back to the body that Jesus gave and the blood that Jesus shed. And I want to go on record today. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you want your double portion, if you want the best God has in your life, go to the cross, go to the Calvary. Life begins in the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And so he's gone to Gilgal. The blood, the cross, sins have been forgiven. But it is amazing to me, well, glory, that the very next place he trods is Bethel. Bethel. You say, what in the word does Bethel mean? Well, Beth in the Bible means house. E-L is a prefix for God. Elohim, El Shaddai. Well, Bethel is a house. The house of God. In fact, one day Jacob called it El Bethel. It was more than the house of God. It was God was at home in his house. Isn't it amazing to me that the first place God took that young man after he recognized that it's blood-bought salvation, he took him to the house of the Lord. He took him to the house of God. Hold on, turbulence ahead. It might even be a lightning bolt. God, now this is country. Can I be country? God ain't never filled, anointed, blessed, gave anybody a double portion of power and authority and unction that bypassed God's house. Ain't we having fun? You said, well, I love the Lord. I just don't love church. How can you love something that... How can you not love something of somebody you say you love that he died for? You said, now, Brother Joe, you better get your dispensations right. He died for the ecclesia. He died for the universal church. He died for the body of Christ. I know that. But you know where that ecclesia meets? You know where that universal body meets? A place called the house of the Lord. 
Your Bethel and my Bethel. That's where we grow in the grace of God. That's where we come and worship God. That's where we come and hear instruction from God's Word. That's where we come in fellowship with the saints of God. And I don't know about you, but by the time I've lived in an old wicked world, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I felt like David in Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, because the music's different in here. The music's different in here. The music's different in here. And the atmosphere's different in here. And the message is different in here. Man, I ain't got anything against Walmart, Sears and Roebuck, Haynes Mall, South Lake Mall, A&P, Harris Teeter, Big Star, Kroger's, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, ooh, Zesto's, I felt something on that. Uh, uh, Six Flags, Disney World, Niagara Falls, Indian Springs State Park, uh, Bass Pro Shop, I felt a double anointing on that. Oh, there's, I don't have anything against those places. It's okay if we go to those places. It's okay to go feel a mountain breeze and catch a good ocean spray. But I want to tell you there's only one place where I can go and get on heaven's territory and get my soul lifted and my spirit renewed. It's a place called Bethel, the house of God. And it's amazing to me, everybody that I know that's been to Calvary, washed in the blood, just automatically says, my next step is at Bethel. I'm going to hang out at Bethel because it's at Bethel where you get under the spout, where the glory runs out. I'm glad I've been to Gilgal, and I'm glad to be in Bethel, the house of God. Woo! I want to say like David. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the ungodly. And so here it is. I'm a sinner lost without God. But I go to the cross. I get washed in the Lamb's blood. Then I make my way to Bethel. I get baptized at Bethel. I join up with Bethel. I hook up with Bethel. I didn't say Ethel. I said Bethel. And man, I'm growing in the grace of God. Oh, but as God begins to work in my life, now, now I'm really wanting to get over there. Wave at me, Brother Daniel. I, I want to get my double portion over there. I, I really do want to get over there, but I just can't bypass and run over there. There ain't no 285 to the double portion. Because lately, if you get on 25, you ain't never going to get your double portion and you won't even live to get the double portion. But I got to walk the road, washed in the blood, the Lamb of God at Bethel. But but, but I really want to go there. But God said, I'm going to get you there. But but there's a place you got to visit. There's a victory you got to win. There's a price you got to pay. There is an enemy that you got to defeat. There's a walled giant you got to overcome. And it's a place called 
Jericho. A place called Jericho. The gateway to the promised land. The doorway to my double portion. But I got a problem. If I got to go through there to get there, this old dude's built a wall around it. Higher than I can climb. Wider than I can tunnel through. Because inside of that wall is idolatry, adultery, immoral. I'm sorry, Dustin, but it's a sorry low down place. And it will keep you from your blessing. Uh, I thought I'd just say that again, that idolatry and adultery and immorality and sinful living will keep you from your double portion. I might need to say that again. Idolatry, adultery, immorality, ungodly living will keep you from your double portion. Why would God take something as pure and holy as His anointing and His blessing and His authority and pour it inside of a glass full of muck, manure, full of mire, full of clay? No, ladies and gentlemen, I want my blessing. I want to go to Jordan. And I'm glad I've been to the cross. I'm glad I've been washed in the blood. I'm glad I've camped out at Bethel. But them enemies in my life, those giants in my life, those walled cities in my life that's keeping me from the land of promise. I've got to scale the wall, but the wall's too high. i got to bore through the wall, but the wall is through thick. But standing outside of that wall, that would hinder my growth and the grace of God. Standing outside of that wall, that will cut me off from my double portion, is a man called the captain of our salvation. Hallelujah. He's already defeated nature in the plagues of the land of Egypt. He's already left Pharaoh drowning in his own chariot on the side of the banks of the Red Sea. And he's out there marching around the walls, the captain of my salvation. And he said, son, if you'll just join hands with me and shout and praise and obey, he said, we're going to march around them walls. We're going to shout around them walls. We're going to get the victory over them walls. And them walls are going to tumble down. God's going to burn and judge them sins. You'll have no boundaries. You'll have no borders. And that which used to destroy you and discourage you and defeat you. It's nothing more than a stepping stone for you to reach your place of the double portion. Oh, don't you look at me like that. I got walls in my life. You got walls in your life. I got giants in my life. You got giants in your life. I got hang-ups in my life. You got hang-ups in your life. I got junk in my life. You got junk in your life. I got problems. You got problems. All of God's children got problems. Andy Goober Gomer and Laurel Lee Hobbs has got problems. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. My God, somebody help me right there. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are not some ragtag defeated army. We are the church of the firstborn, the bride of Christ, and the body of Christ. Washed in the blood, filled with the Holy Spirit. There's authority in the name of Jesus. Why don't you shout down your walls, kill your giants, stake your claim, confess your sin, and wait on out to the double portion of God's power and blessing in your life. Wave at me, brother. That's what I want. Brother, I want my portion. I take that back. I want my double portion. I want the will of God for my life, the sanction of God on my life. The anointing, excuse me, I got to talk to the Lord a minute. Lord, you remember that night, 1979, that Friday night in in Oxford, North Carolina, in that front seat of that Chevrolet pickup truck, on the side of Interstate 85 where it crosses over, uh, crosses under Highway 58 between Henderson, North Carolina and Oxford, North Carolina. And God, you remember what I said that night as a little 17 year old boy? I still mean it. I still mean it. Lord, I'll be 62 and I'm almost as old as some of these people out here. But oh God, I still want your touch. I still want your blessing. I still want your portion. And I want to say to you what I said to that backslidden preacher in Jacksonville, Florida one morning. If you don't want your portion, send her down my way. I want the power and the breath and the touch and the kiss of God upon my life. Man, I want to go to Jordan and get my mantle, but I can't bypass the cross. And I can't bypass the church. And I can't get past shutting down the walls of Jericho and killing the sin that is in my life. I imagine by the time he got to them three places, that young man was probably wore out. And that older preacher, one more time, man, I got to get out of here, wants to see how serious this boy is staking his claim. And he said, son, I know it's been a hard road, but You can go back if you want to. He said, not me. As the Lord God liveth. Come here, son. Hurry. I want you to be Elijah. Hurry. The old man says to the young man, leave. I tell you what, you be the old man, I'll be the young man. The old man says, leave, it's a rough road. He said, oh no. As my soul liveth, as the Lord liveth, I ain't letting you go. I'm going to Gilgal and remember what the Lord did for me. Well, son, it's a pretty good piece. We got to go somewhere else. You want to go back? Nope. As my soul liveth, as the Lord God liveth, I'm going to Bethel. Because you can't make too many trips to the house of God. That's right. That's right. Yes. What? That's good. Amen. Thank you for saying that. I'll hit you with this microphone if you say anything else. <laughs> and then he says, all right, son, it's time for you to go. You can go on back now. It's a long journey. He said, I've told you, man of God, as my soul liveth, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, 
I ain't letting you go because I'm so thankful for what God did at the cross and I'm so happy being at church. I'm ready to shout down the walls of Jericho. I'm going to confess my weakness. I'm going to confess my sin. I'm going to lock up, hang up, get hooked up with the captain of my salvation and I'm going to shout down the walls of Jericho. I'm going to get victory in my life because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Well, son, we got one more step of the journey. And the boy didn't say it, but I'm going to interpret it. I believe he said, I've come too far to turn back now. He said, I've told you once, I'll tell you three more times. As the Lord God liveth, as my soul liveth, I walked with you over there to Gilgal and got washed in the blood. I walked with you to Bethel and met my heavenly father. I've shouted down the walls of Jericho. I'm too far to turn back. I've come too far to look back. Hold on, son. God's blessed me too much. God's been too good. The journey's too great. The blessings are too awesome. Heaven's too near. Hey, I'm not about to back up now. Come on, man of God. We're going to take one more journey and we're going down to Jordan. That's some good stuff right there. He said, that's some good stuff right there. Why do you think I chose him? (laughs) And so now they have the Jordan where they must die to self. They're not to go back to the Egypt ever again. And right down here at the Jordan is where they have to separate from everything and everybody that would hinder their walk. They got to come down to the Jordan where he makes one final decision. I want my double portion more than life itself. And the man of God says to the young boy, say this to me, what do you want me to do? I want a double portion. Now let me be the old man. And the old guy says, well, son, in a few minutes, they're coming for me. And uh, I'm going to leave you. But uh, see this prayer mantle? I've I've laid on it. I've slept on it. I've prayed on it. Most people wouldn't think there's anything to it. But it's special to me. And if you'll see me, When I go up, if you'll just stand here and wait, obey, do what you're told to do. I'll get on that later. You can get the double portion. Man, that old man of God takes that mantle, smites them waters, and just like the Red Sea, And that old man and that young man take them a little stroll. Amen. And then when they got on the other side of the sunny banks of the sweet deliverance, whoo, here come the cloud. 
And the next thing I know, they're parted. Like some of us watching our loved ones. They're parted. It ain't his time to go yet. But as the older man is carried into heaven, floating down is the mantle. He saw him go away. He saw the mantle fall. And now it is his responsibility to do what? Pick it up. Now let me be the young man again because this is the juicy part. You're gone now. You're in heaven. And when that young man gets that mantle, Hallelujah is right, sister. He goes back to the Jordan and says, Where? It's the Lord God of Elijah. And I want to say, smite them waters, boy, and you're going to find out where he is. And he took that same mantle and smote them waters. And he got the same power. He got the same results. I just believe if I'll preach out of the same book and sing the same song and glorify the same master... The God that revived us yesterday is the God that can revive us again and get a hold of a double portion of the blessing of God upon our life. Have you been here and got the blood applied? Are you camping out at Bethel and getting in the spout where the glory runs out? Are you about to shout down the walls of Jericho and win the victory? And are you willing to go to Jordan and say, Lord, do for me what I can't do for myself? And God gives you the double portion of his power and blessing upon your life. We're standing all over the building. I'm going to ask you, are you like that little servant? Are you willing to go? If you're here today and you've never been saved, are you willing to go to the cross? Are you willing to go to Calvary? If you have been saved, are you willing to go to Bethel? Are you willing to go to Jericho and slay the enemies in your life that would defeat you? Are you willing to go all the way to Jordan and receive what God has for you today?